Welcome to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. Some of you have been watching long enough that you remember uh, back in 2020 when I did the uh, Spirit of Faith sessions. We started those Spirit of Faith sessions in March of 2020, and many of you were on every night for those. The Lord said, just start broadcasting every night uh, on the Spirit of Faith and every day until I tell you to stop. And we went twice a day, every day, until the Holy Spirit didn't tell us to stop, but to transition. And so then we started talking about uh, dominion over the devil uh, is what we went to next and went twice a day until the Lord transitioned us again. So if you remember, and if you were a part of that, and I can see some of you in the comments remember and you were there, if you were a part of that, you'll know that what I'm getting to re- ready to read was something we covered within that series. This verse, 2 Corinthians 4.13 Let me read it to you, and then we're going to talk about it. Um, The Bible says, since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what has been written, I believed, and so I spoke. We also believe, and so we also speak. Get that. We believe, therefore we speak. So get this now. The spirit of faith is released by speaking. And if you're taking notes, write that down, put it in the comments tonight. The spirit of faith is released by speaking and specifically by speaking the word of God. The spirit of faith is released by speaking the word of God. What a powerful concept that you as a believer have the ability to release the spirit of faith. Rachel's in Los Angeles. Glad to have you on tonight. What a powerful concept. We can release the spirit of faith in our homes, around our children, on our jobs. We can release the spirit of faith by speaking the word of God. Very powerful. And the apostle said that we believe, therefore we speak. And so what you say matters greatly. What you say matters greatly. God's watching what you say. He is uh, listening to what you say. In fact, did you know this? The Bible says in 1 Peter uh, chapter 3 uh, that uh, God's eyes are upon the righteous and his ears are open to their prayers. That's 1 Peter 3.12. God's eyes are upon the righteous And his ears are open to their prayers. So God's listening. God's listening. That's an important concept to keep in your mind all the time. God is listening. God is listening. That was not just a New Testament principle. God was listening to them in the Old Testament. Many of you were watching when I read this verse of scripture from Malachi chapter 3. The Bible says those, this is Malachi 3.16. Those who feared the Lord spoke with one another and the Lord paid attention and heard them. How powerful is that? Those who feared the Lord 
spoke with one another and God paid attention and heard them. Thank you, Jesus. God is listening to us. God's listening to us. He's listening to see what we're going to speak. What are we going to say? Are we going to contradict his word or are we going to speak in faith, believing his word? Amen. And that's what the apostles were saying. We, because we believe, therefore we speak. Because we believe, so watch this, faith has a sound. Glory to God. Faith has a sound. It is a confession of belief. Faith has a sound. It is a confession of belief. What a powerful thought. And um, one of the things that got me thinking about this was um, I started to just go back through after the resurrection of Christ. And you know this, there was a big difference between the uh, response of some of the disciples and the response of Thomas to the resurrection of Jesus. Let me read you that quickly. In the Gospel of John, chapter 20, the Bible says, Now Thomas, one of the twelve, this is verse 24, John 20, 24. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We've seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see his hands, the in his hands, the mark of the nails, and place my finger into the mark of the nails, and place my hand into his side. I will never believe. Look at that. He heard the gospel message. Jesus is alive. What did he say? Lest I can see it with my natural eyes and put my hands on it, I will never believe. I will never believe. That's the report of doubt. That's the sound of unbelief. Now look at this. But eight days later, uh, his disciples were inside again and Thomas was with them. And although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands. Put your hand and put out your hand, place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Now watch. Verse 29 is so vital, so vital. Look, Jesus said to Thomas, have you believed because you've seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. They've believed. Blessed are those that have not seen and yet they believed. Can I tell you something? I've never seen Jesus' resurrected body, but I believe. I believe he's been resurrected. Many of you have never seen Christ's resurrected body. You've never seen it. You won't see it until he returns. But you believe that he's alive. And the Bible says there's a blessing on that. Blessed are those who believe and they've not seen. They believe and they've not seen. Is anybody having an issue with the broadcast? Is there? The broadcast is choppy? Why? Yeah, there's no issues here. Is anybody having a, 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 an issue with your broadcast? Is it choppy on YouTube? Is it choppy on Facebook? Let me know. We don't see any issues here, but I notice people are trying to log off and log back on. The video is, yes, choppy. I don't understand that. 
it freezes. There's a freezing demon. There's a glitching demon. That's weird. I don't, audio's great. All right, I'll keep teaching. Um, I have a face for radio anyway. So um, are all the other programs shut down? Everything else is, is closed besides that? Um, that's all right. If my, if my audio's good, then, then we're good. Okay. Um, and so you understand Jesus made this uh, comment. He said, uh, blessed are those that have not seen and yet they still believe. So those of you, you've not seen Jesus' resurrected body, but guess what? You still believe he's alive. You've got faith. And watch this, your confession, your confession is the proof. Notice you cannot, watch, you can't even be saved. You can't even be saved, the Bible says, unless you do what? Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Those two things are necessary. You have to what? Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. We're back to confession again. You must confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. Hallelujah. So there it is. Though you've never seen him, though you've never seen his body, you've never seen his resurrected body, you still have to confess and you still have to believe. There's power in confession and there's a blessing that comes upon people who have never seen, yet they believe. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All right. So I wanted to show you what we saw in Luke today. And our, again, our reading from Luke was Luke chapter 1 through Luke chapter 11. But starting in Luke chapter 1, get something with me. This is powerful. Jesus was getting ready to come. But before Jesus came, there was someone who was going to prepare the way, John the Baptist. John the Baptist was going to prepare the way. So God had a plan to send someone who would prepare the way. And it could not be thwarted. It could not be thwarted. So look at this. If we're in the first, the very first chapter of Luke, we've got the birth of John the Baptist foretold. And the Bible says this, that there was a priest named Zechariah that was serving before God. And um, he got a word. And I'll read it to you now, um, starting with Verse 13, the angel said to Zechariah, don't be afraid for your prayer's been heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you shall call his name John. You shall call his name John and you'll have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth for he'll be great before the Lord and he must not drink wine or strong drink. He'll be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. He'll turn many of the children to Israel to the Lord their God, watch, and, and Zechariah began to doubt. Verse 18, he said to the angel, how will I know this? From an old man. And my wife is advanced in years. And the angel answered him, I'm Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. And I was sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. Now, verse 20 jumped out at me. I want you to see it. 
verse 20, jumped out. This is Luke 1.20. And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day these things take place because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. It was so important that John the Baptist was born and, and that, that whole thing came to pass. It was so important that I want you to see this. The Lord would not even allow Zachariah's unbelief and his confession of unbelief to stop what God was doing. And I want to read you this. I had, I had made this note. I just found this today that I had written a note to myself all the way back in 2014. And uh, I wrote this, the power of your words is seen in this example. God had a purpose for John that he would not let be destroyed by Zachariah's unbelief. So rather than allowing Zechariah to create an atmosphere of unbelief that destroys miracle manifestation, God temporarily removed his ability to speak. Why? Because not only is faith released, the spirit of faith, but doubt can be released through your words. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 18, right? Proverbs chapter 18, death and, verse, and by the way, it's verse 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat the fruit thereof. So death and life are both in your tongue. You can speak death or you can speak life. You can speak unbelief or you can speak faith. So there's power in that confession. If you believe, you speak faith. If you believe, you speak faith. So look at this now. Death and life. So what did he do? Rather than allow Zechariah to destroy the atmosphere of miracle manifestation, he just removed his ability to speak. Well, why, why did God uh, do that sovereign act? Because he needed John the Baptist to come and prepare the way for Christ. He needed John the Baptist to come and prepare the way for Christ. And it had to be. It had to happen. So rather than allowing Zechariah to walk around speaking unbelief and doubt, he just removed his ability to speak until the manifestation came to pass. Powerful. And you can see later on when they asked Elizabeth, what, what will your son's name be? She said, John. And they said, what? There's nobody in your family named John. And they looked at the father and he wrote it because he still couldn't talk. He wrote it down. No, his name shall be called John. And then he was released to speak again. But I want you to see that it was so vital, God just removed his ability to speak. Do you know, I mean, it's, it's wild to me. You go all the way back to the book of Genesis. How many of you, put a, put a hand up in the comments, you remember the story of the Tower of Babel. If you, know, if you know what I'm talking about, throw a hand up in the comments section, the story of the Tower of Babel. You know what I'm talking about. This is all the way back in the beginning of the Bible. But uh, these pagans came uh, across from the east and the Bible says they began to build a tower into heaven. That was their goal. We will build a tower into the heavens. One of the things that you may see if you do deeper study, uh, a tower devoted to the heavens. 
the worship of the stars, astrology, things like that. They were pagan people. They were not God's people, but they had decided in their hearts to build a tower into heaven. And it was God who said, I've always found this to be powerful. It was God who said, if I don't go down there and confuse their language, look at this now, they will do exactly what they've set their minds to do. Let me read it to you. It's in Genesis 11, verse six. And the Lord said, behold, they are one people and they all have one language. And this is only the beginning of what they will do. Now, now look how powerful their agreement, their confession was. And nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. You see that? Nothing that they propose to do will be impossible for them. Hallelujah. What's the power? The power of agreement, the power of confession. Nothing they propose to do will be impossible to them. Nothing. So understand, this is the power. And so what did God have to do? What did God do? God confused what? Their language. So they couldn't even hear each other talk and understand it. Confused it. Had to go down. Had to bring confusion even to their confession. He said, if I don't confuse their language, they'll do anything they set their heart to do and nothing shall be impossible to them. How much more for us in the New Testament? All things are possible to them that believe. All things are possible to them that believe. How would anyone know that you believe? By the power of your confession. By the power of your confession. That's how you know. You release the spirit of faith. You identify that by what you say. You identify it by what you say. That's the power. Hallelujah. That's the power of confession. So I went on further in our reading today. Luke chapter four. Look at Luke chapter four. Jesus goes out into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. 40 days of prayer and fasting. You know the story. 40 days of prayer and fasting. So Jesus is in the wilderness. He's being tempted by the devil, the Bible says, fasting 40 days, 40 nights. Afterward, he's hungry. Comes back. What happens? Immediately, the devil tries to tempt him. Three times. And this is something that jumped out. You've got to get this. The devil tries to tempt him. And the Bible says, as soon as the devil gives him a verbal and visual temptation, what does Jesus do? Jesus says, no, it is written. You know, uh, if um, if you look at the book of James, the Bible says, submit yourself therefore to God resist the devil and he will flee from you. Uh, people say, well, how, how do you resist the devil? Look at Jesus. Jesus did it. This is exactly the picture of how you resist the devil. The devil came to tempt him and to try to stop him in his purpose and in his power. And every temptation that came, Jesus said, no, it is written. It is written. Tried to 
say, turn these stones into bread. He said, no, it's written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So I want you to get it in your spirit that when you confess that power of confession, I'm going to show you in a minute, the power of confession causes you to resist the devil and he must flee from you. He has to flee when you begin to speak the word. He has to flee when you begin to speak the word. Look at this now. The Bible says, and I'll show you this, verses 12 and 13 jumped out at me today. 12 and 13, about the power of your confession. The Bible says, and Jesus answered him and said, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Verse 13 is powerful, look. And when the devil had ended every temptation, so first of all, when Jesus spoke the word, it caused the devil to end his temptation, but go on. And he had to depart from him until an opportune time. Now get this, in your heart, in your spirit tonight, that when you begin to confess the word, when you speak the word, it becomes an inopportune time for the devil to mess with you. When you speak the word, when you declare the word, it becomes an inopportune time for the devil to mess with you. The Bible says when Jesus spoke the word back to the devil, the devil not only had to depart, he couldn't come back until a more opportune time. It's not a good time for the devil when you're speaking the word. Hallelujah. It's a bad time. Put it in the comments. It's a bad time for the devil when I speak the word. It's a bad time for the devil when I speak the word. Hallelujah. It is a bad time for the devil when I speak the word. Jesus drove him out by confessing the word of God. Confessing the word of, no, it is written. Devil comes at you with an attack against your body. No, it is written. Attack against your mind. No, it is written. Attack against your family. No, it is written. You answer him with the written word of God. And that's how you resist the devil and make him. Notice he did the same for Christ and he departed from him. He has to flee from you. Hallelujah. He has to flee from you. It's a bad time for the devil when you speak the word. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It's a bad time for the devil when you speak the word. Now, I went on further and this got me on, this was a whole different level when we got here, uh, Luke chapter six now, Luke chapter six, because now Jesus uh, begins to explain what's going on with the fruit of a person's life. And it's important you know this, still talking about the power, harnessing the power of confession. And here it is. The Bible says in Luke chapter six, 43 through 45, Luke 6, 43 through 45, Jesus said, for no good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. For figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor are grapes picked from a bramble bush. Verse 45, the good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. And the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, 
the mouth speaks. There it is. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what type of fruit is Jesus speaking of in context here? He's talking about what comes out of your heart that you're speaking, that you're speaking. So watch this now. If there's a problem with your confession, it's because there's a problem with what you've put inside you. Let me say that again. If there's a problem with your confession, it's because there's a problem with what you've put on the inside of you. I was, uh, I was, I told this story not long ago. I'll share it with you again. When I was young, man, I was, I was very, I mean, I was causing trouble all the time. And my dad was setting up uh, his tent as he still does around the country. And he had the tent crew out with him, all the guys that set up the tent and work at the, at the tent site. And, um, you know, I was, I wasn't even in high school yet. I probably wasn't even, maybe I wasn't even in middle school yet, but, um, I, uh, one day as they were working out in the summer heat and they were gone from the, the hotel, I went down to the front desk and got a key to their room because I knew the name that the rooms was under. So I got an extra key to their room, let myself into one of the guys, two guys that were standing together. And, uh, I knew they'd be working out in the heat all day long. They come back and they need rest. I took all their underwear and I, I uh, soaked them in water and put them in the a freezer so their, all their underwear were frozen solid when they came back. But the other thing I did is that I took their toothpaste uh, bottle and squirted the toothpaste out and filled it with uh, shaving cream, you know, white shaving cream. So, the, the, uh, so the, the white Colgate toothpaste was now white shaving cream. And um, I was thinking about this years later and kind of laughing at you know, how ornery I was. Of course, they hogtied me with neckties and left me in the corner, but that's neither here nor there. Um, I may have had it coming, but I thought about it later because as they squeezed that out onto their toothbrush, it may have looked the same, but watch this now. Interesting. The actual tube of toothpaste said one thing on the outside. The tube of toothpaste said one thing on the outside but there was something different on the inside. And this is what struck me because uh, though it said Colgate, no, it had shaving cream on the inside. So notice there are all of us, we're all called by his name. We're all, if you're a part of the body of Christ, we're all Christians. We're all called by his name. On the outside, we call ourselves the same thing, but here's the question. What have you put inside you? What's been put on the inside of you? Because here's the real, uh, the, the crux of the matter. When you are squeezed, what's going to come out? What's going to come out? Is the word of God going to come out? Or is it going to be all of the negative things that you've put in your spirit by listening to the news and believing the specialists and listening to the rumors at work? Uh, my dad said, I did not know this. He's watching right now. He said, I had no idea. Yeah, it was John Frederick and... Uh, Mike King and, and, and <laughs> I froze their underwear solid and put shaving cream in their <laughs> inside of their toothpaste uh, tube. But when you're squeezed, what is going to come out of you? Is it going to be a, a word of doubt, a word of unbelief? Is it going to be a negative confession? Which, by the way, the Bible calls an evil report. If you go back to the book of Numbers, uh, the Bible says that they were getting ready to go into the promised land. But after they spied it out, only two of the 12 came back with a report of faith. The other 10, you know what they said? They said, we're not able to take the land. We're not able to go in. Look at how big 
they are. Look at how strong they are. Look at the size of the giants. And the Bible says they came back with an evil report and that the, uh, the community, the congregation, believed an evil report. Well, the question is, why was it evil? The reason the report was evil is because it contradicted God's report, what God already said. God said, I've given you the land. It is yours. Take it. Joshua and Caleb agreed. They said, oh, we're well able to take the land. Let's go in at once and take the land. Let's go right now. We're, we're able. Doesn't matter how big they are. You know what they said about the giants? They said the giants, they are like bread to us. They're like bread for us. You know what that means? We'll eat them up. We'll devour them in the land. We'll devour the giants in the land. And you know what else they said? And their protection is removed from them. Whoo, glory to God. Glory to God. The giants are like bread for us and their protection is removed from them. What that means is that anything that stands in the way of what God's called you to do, it has its protection removed from it. Its protection is removed. Glory to God. And they were able to take the land and they were able to defeat the giants. They had all the ability to do it because God was with them, but the congregation did not agree. And what did they believe? An evil report. I refuse, listen, not only do I refuse uh, to speak an evil report, I, I refuse to receive an evil report. I don't even receive it. So I told you, anything. I, anytime I hear something on, uh, you know, I may come across it on a Twitter feed or see the headline or, or the news report. If, if it contradicts the word of God, I don't care what specialist it comes from. If it contradicts God's word, I laugh at it and mock it often. I mock it often, which is the whole reason I told you that I screenshotted the press release from the White House last winter and just mocked it all year long. Everywhere I preach, I made fun of it. I preached every church. I brought it up. Listen how stupid this is. Expect a winter filled with sickness and disease from the White House press secretary. Expect a winter filled with sickness and disease and the hospitals that you will fill. That's what they said. I said, who put the White House in charge of my healing covenant? Not anybody. Not anybody. And so I just kept pulling it up on my desktop and laughing, laughing at it. And then I'd mock it everywhere I went. You know, God likes when you mock the devil's report. He, he likes when you mock the devil's system. It's not politically incorrect. He likes it. He likes it. In fact, did you know, God's not into this inclusion. God's not into that. God's not, well, can't we just all, he's not into that. He said, I'll have no other gods before me. None, none. And do you know when Elijah was on top of Mount Carmel in confronting the prophets of Baal, the Bible says they, they cried out to Baal all day long until the evening. They whipped themselves and cut themselves and cried out. And Elijah stood there and verbally mocked them. Where is your God? Read it for yourself. 1 Kings 17 and 18. Where is your God? Is he gone? Is he on vacation? Is he resting? Is he sleeping? Is he in? One of the, one of the uh, verses says, is he relieving himself? You know what he was saying? Is your God taking a pee-pee? Is he on the toilet? Do you need to send him a text message? Maybe DM him. And, and he just sat there and mocked and mocked and mocked. Well, that's not very inclusive, brother. How do you think that made those prophets of Baal feel? Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? 
and he mocked them. You'll not find one verse of scripture in the Bible where God rebuked Elijah for mocking the prophets of Baal. God liked it. God liked it. And then God answered by fire. And then Elijah slaughtered the prophets of Baal. <laughs> they didn't make like a bumper sticker that, that had like a cross and then plus, uh, you know, a, a statue of, of Baal and then equal coexist. No, they, they didn't do that. They didn't do that. God said, I'll have no other gods before me. And God did not rebuke him. God liked it. God liked it. And God honored him. And God answered his prayers and answered by fire. Hallelujah. I'll have no other gods before me. So I don't receive any evil report. I don't receive anything that disagrees uh, with God's holy word. This word, can I tell you why it's so powerful? You know why this is so powerful? Because the Bible declares that everything that we have in this book, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, everything we have in this book is breathed out of the mouth of God. Then you want to go further than that. It's not like this got created when they wrote it down. The Bible says this word existed since the beginning of time. The Logos. John 1.1. 1, 1, in the beginning was the word. The word wasn't created. It's an existing being. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. So you know why this is so powerful? Because God is his word. Why is your confession so power packed when you speak the word? Because God is his word. God is his word. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Hallelujah. Woo. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And then God said, you know what? The world needs my help. So you know what I'm going to do to help the whole world? I'm going to take my word and put it into a physical body and send it to the earth in the form of Jesus. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. Thank you, Lord. The word was made flesh. Uh, Penny, that, that passage was 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. It's breathed out by God. The word is God. Hallelujah. I heard one preacher say, God loved man so much, he put one in the Trinity. Hallelujah. God loved man so much, he put one in the Trinity. The, the Bible says the man, Christ Jesus. There is one mediator between God and man. It is the man, Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. God loved man so much, he put one in the Trinity. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. You know why Jesus was walking around and so powerful? He was the word in flesh form. He was fire in the flesh. You say, how do you know he was fire in the flesh? Because the Bible says that our God is a consuming fire. And the word is God. That means the word is a consuming fire. Burns up the chaff. And he put the fire of his word into a flesh body. Glory. Jesus was fire in the flesh. He was fire in the flesh. Thank you, Lord. And the word is so powerful in your mouth. That's why you can't ever, you can't ever 
Neglect the word of God in your confession. It is so powerful in your mouth, it makes Satan himself run from you in terror. He flees from you. He flees from you. So tonight we're going to declare that word. On night five of our fast, we're going to take these remaining moments and we're going to declare the word of God. We're going to uh, speak the word of God. We believe the word of God. And so I want you to... uh, Pray with me. Again, we give you prayer points. There's prayer points in both of the books that we released. There's prayer points in our app. There's prayer points uh, available when you register to fast. They help kickstart your prayer time. And I'll show you how we use them. For example, Psalm 75, verses 6 and 7. The Bible says promotion does not come from the east or the west or the south, but promotion comes from the Lord. And he alone decides who will rise and who will fall. So the first thing we pray tonight, Lord, in the name of Jesus, is let us be worthy to receive divine promotion this year and every year in the mighty name of Jesus. You are the one who decides who will rise and fall. So Lord, don't let us ever find ourselves out of position to rise by your mighty hand of promotion. I pray that you'd reach down and take hold of us by your mighty right hand and lift us up head and shoulders above the rest this year in the mighty name of Jesus Christ because you're the only one that can exalt your people. Our faith is not in men. It is not in the government. It is not in our job or corporations or the culture or family. Our trust is in you, God. You're the only one that can bring true promotion. And so, Lord, we thank you that this year as we seek your face, as we press into your presence, that though your eyes are searching to and fro across the earth, not finding everybody, but finding those whose hearts are loyal toward you. We ask you, as we press into your presence, as we're faithful to you, as we are diligent in your kingdom, let your eyes fall upon us. Let you, uh, we pray that you'd find us loyal. Find us in position for your divine promotion. And we'll give you all the praise this year and the glory for what you're doing. We thank you, Lord, that if you're promoting us, then there's no man, no demon, no government that can demote what you've promoted. Nobody can curse what God has already blessed. And so, Father, we thank you that no matter what Antichrist plan is at work, it can never stop what you are doing in this earth. It can never stop your plan for our life in Jesus' mighty name. And so, Lord, we ask you, let Psalm 75, verses 6 and 7, come to pass in our lives and families and businesses and ministries this year that we would be found uh, in position for divine promotion in Jesus' mighty name. And we thank you for that, and we give you praise and glory for it. Lord, we ask you, in Jesus' name, that this year's fruit that we produce for your kingdom would be greater than last year's fruit because of our supernatural dedication to your kingdom. Your word declares in the Gospel of John, chapter 15, that without you we can do nothing. But if we abide in you, and your word abides in us, then we can ask for what we will, and it'll be done. So we're asking, Lord, empower us to produce more fruit in your kingdom and bring you glory and honor than we ever have in the history of our lives in the kingdom. Lord, let us produce more in one year 
of our Christianity than we have cumulatively in all the previous years of our Christianity in Jesus' name. Let it be so explosive. This will be a banner year where people will stop and have to declare God did it and, and, and we're going to continue to with our confession. It's the Lord's doing and it's marvelous in our eyes in Jesus' mighty name. So Lord, that's our prayer. Let us produce more fruit in one year than we ever have in the history of our lives in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, according to Proverbs 4.18, the path of the righteous, the just, it's a shining light that shines ever brighter until full day. We thank you that in this year of 2023, we will steadily increase in every area, not just this year, but until the coming of Christ, we declare that your hand is causing us to steadily increase until the return of Jesus. Everywhere we go in obedience to your word, we will see increase, we will see blessing, we will see favor, we will see promotion, we will see abundance and provision in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you. Every curse that was sent against us, it returns to sender tonight by the power of the Holy Spirit. Your word is very plain about this, that you would bless those who bless us and that you would curse those that curse us. And so, Lord, anyone operating, by, operating either by an antichrist spirit or even by extension, those that are engaged in witchcraft that are trying to stand against the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, that are standing against your purpose in the earth, we thank you that every plan they have is coming to nothing. It is being destroyed and every curse returns to sender in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, according to Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 5, your word declares, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And so, Lord, we ask you, do this as a work in our lives. Keep us in supernatural humility for the rest of our days in Jesus' name. Keep us in supernatural humility for the rest of our days in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We thank you pride will never be a part of our lives. We thank you that a haughty spirit will never be a part of our lives in Jesus' name. For your word is very clear that pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. That will never be our story. Pride is running from us. A haughty spirit is running from us, but we stand in meekness and humility for your word declares you will exalt those who humble themselves. And so, Lord, we humble ourselves even now in fasting and prayer. We humble ourselves before you, knowing that you're the only one that can help us. You're the only one that can bring our assistance and we need your assistance. We need divine intervention in America. So Lord, open the windows of heaven and pour out blessings in all 50 states and in the minor outlying territories in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Blow your breath from heaven and blow revival through this land. Let souls come into the kingdom for the rest of this year like we've never seen in churches. I pray, Lord, that every evangelistic effort would be rewarded with harvests of souls in Jesus' name. Every evangelistic effort would be rewarded with a harvest of souls in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And we thank you for that. And we give you praise for that. Lord, we thank you that your word declares in Psalm 138 and verse 2, 
that you have exalted or magnified your word even above your name. Or as one translation said, you've backed up your word with the power and integrity of your name. So Lord, we thank you that your word can never come to nothing. We thank you that anytime your word goes forth, it always accomplishes what you send it to do. It never returns empty and void, but it prospers in the thing whereunto you've sent it. So Lord, we thank you that as the word goes out this year, it goes out ahead of us and accomplishes your purpose so that by the time we arrive in what you've prepared for us, the work is already in place. The things are already done as you did for Abraham as he brought Isaac on top of the Mount Moriah. We thank you that after the angel stayed his hand before he sacrificed his son, he turned and looked and you had already put a ram in the thicket. You had already provided. It was already done because you went out ahead of him and you prepared the way. And he said, I will call this place Jehovah Jireh for the Lord has provided for himself an offering. And so Lord, we thank you that as we obey your voice and, and we do what you've asked us to do this year, that you go out ahead of us by your word and prepare abundant blessings that are already waiting on us by the time we show up. In Jesus' mighty name, no delay, no denial. We will not be in a place wondering when and how it's going to work and be stuck in transition. No, that's not our story in Jesus' name. But we will walk in supernatural momentum. We will walk in super, in the flow of the Holy Ghost, a supernatural flow. And it'll, it, Father, the current of your presence will carry us from blessing to blessing, from favor to favor in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I now thank you that your word is imparting health and strength to our entire being in Jesus' name. Your word declares, the writer of Proverbs wrote it, that this word will become strength and health to our physical bodies. We thank you for that. And so now, Lord, we declare that your word is entering into us and the power of your word is driving sickness and disease and deformity and problems out of our bodies in Jesus' name. Every wicked attack that was launched by the devil to destroy our physical bodies, it comes to an end tonight in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. For your word carries healing virtue. And so, as your word says, you sent your word and it healed them and delivered them from all their destructions. Thank you that you've sent your word to us and it is healing us right now. We thank you that our bodies are coming into line as they were created to function. Every organ, Father, we declare it tonight, organs are now functioning the way they were created to function in Jesus' name. We thank you that blood cells are being healed. We thank you, Lord. Skin is being healed. Eyes are being healed. Ears are opening up. We thank you for it. We give you praise for what you're doing in Jesus' mighty name. Now, Lord, we ask you that as your word goes forth, it's causing us to prosper and succeed in all we do in Jesus' name. As we declared by the Holy Ghost this morning, 2023 will be a year of financial wonders in Jesus' name. It is a year of financial wonders in the mighty name of Jesus. 
I pray that you put the largest seeds in our hand this year that we have ever sown by the power of the Holy Ghost. We thank you for it because you're faithful. You said in your word that you would give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, that you would multiply the seed sown and bring a harvest back of righteousness to us. We will have our harvests this year. It'll be a year of supernatural financial wonders. People will see it. Even those that aren't saved will have to declare, that's God. That is supernatural. And we'll say what we've prepared ourselves to say. It is the Lord's doing and it is marvelous in our eyes. It is marvelous in our eyes. In Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that the wealth of the wicked that's laid up for the just would come into our hands this year in the name of Jesus. Let the wealth of the wicked that is laid up for the just quickly come into our hands this year in the name of Jesus. Lord, let this be the most impactful year we've ever had in your kingdom. We thank you for that. We give you praise. Nothing will stop the plan of God that's upon our lives. Lord, we ask you now that uh, as the word that is going forth into us manifests, it will also cause every fiery dart that is launched against us to be quenched by that shield of faith that is built up by the word that went into us. For faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So Lord, as your word is going into us this year, we thank you that that shield of faith is not only in our hand, but it is powerful to cancel out every fiery dart of the wicked one in 23. We declare that we will not find ourselves in the midst of calamity in Jesus' name. Now I'm beginning to confess, declare it with me, believe it with me, that we declare it. We will not find ourselves in the midst of calamity in 2023. We will not find ourselves in the midst of tragedy and accidents in 2023. We will not find ourselves in the midst of problems in 2023. That's not going to be our story. But we declare that in 2023, we go from victory unto victory. We go from faith unto faith. We go from glory unto glory. We go from favor unto favor in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We thank you that everything's turning for the better in our nation, in our family, in our homes, in our businesses and ministries, in our children's lives and grandchildren. We thank you it's turning for the better. We thank you that our minds are sharp. We have the mind of Christ in Jesus' name. We have access to the thoughts and the ways of God. We have the mind of Christ. We thank you that our minds are sharper than ever. Give us wisdom far beyond what we should have because of our access to the mind of Christ. The eternal wisdom of God. Give us access. Let us make the right moves that you guide us to make this year. And Lord, I pray this finally. I pray in Jesus' name that you would give us a boldness and an urgency to move quickly on the instructions that you place in our lives. We'll not be timid. We will not hold back. We will not delay. Give us the urgency and the boldness to move forward quickly with the instructions that you've given us in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you. We give you praise and glory for all that you're doing in the mighty name of Jesus. You get all the glory. You get all the praise. You're really the only one worthy of any praise, of any glory. 
And so we give it to you ahead of time, knowing that you will do what your word says you will do in Jesus' wonderful name. If you believe it, throw some hands up, throw some fire up in Jesus' name. Begin to shout where you are because it's already done. We thank you, Jesus, that it is already done. I challenge you as I did this morning, it's a time in this consecration to do what Jesus said. Three things, fast, pray, and give. He said this in Matthew chapter six, when you fast, when you pray, when you give. The Lord has been speaking to many of you to sow significant seeds. Somebody uh, wrote in today, I felt in my spirit to sow this $1,000 seed. I had another person wrote in today, I felt in my spirit to sow this $5,000 seed. People are being moved upon by the Holy Spirit to position themselves for what God has planned for them in 2023. It's not going to come by accident. It's going to come by our obedience, by our faith, by our diligence. And so the Holy Spirit, I'm sure, is speaking to you. And you listen to his voice, you follow his leading, God will bless you as well. As I taught this morning, you have to sow a seed that is wrapped in honor and faith. Those are the two things that should define every seed you sow, honor and faith. And so I want to encourage you right now and challenge you to sow that financial seed that the Lord's speaking to you to sow. Don't delay, do what the Holy Ghost is asking you to do. And let me take a step further. I want to challenge you to partner with this ministry on a monthly basis. Don't just give a one-time seed, but ask the Lord, Lord, what can I do to stand with Ted and Carolyn and the Miracle Word team as they're moving forward in revival around the nation and around the world and as they launch Miracle Word Church in West Palm Beach, Florida? What can I do on a monthly basis to stand with them and sow seed so that souls can be saved and this nation can be impacted before Jesus comes. And so I want to encourage you, go to miracleword.com, click on the partner page. You can see all that we're doing there, but sow your seed. Sign up and, and be a part of what God's doing in these final moments of time. God's building an army here in South Florida. We're going to not just shake this region, but I believe that the church will impact the nation. I've got my faith set for that. I had a word come to us. And I received this word. This was a prophetic word and I receive it. Uh, that God would allow us to begin to hold uh, camp meetings and revivals right out of Miracle Word Church. And the word was that people would come from all over the world to be a part of those camp meetings and revivals and conventions that we will launch out of Miracle Word Church. And the word was this, just as people came from all over the world to be a part of what Brother Hagin did in Tulsa, Oklahoma, they will come from all over the world to be a part of what's happening at Miracle Word Church in West Palm Beach, Florida. I received that word. It's going to come to pass in Jesus' name. There are big things God has set aside for us. And I know this, we're not called to be small in Jesus' name. We're called to make a massive impact before Jesus comes. And you're a part of that as you stand with this ministry. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.